Welcome to the New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learnt and how they have handled their growth. We believe that we all have wisdom to be shared with each other and can learn from listening to each other's stories. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you feel like leaving us a review and sharing the love, that would be greatly appreciated. So this is just a heads up because, you know, there's a lot of information that is coming to light at the moment. And through these episodes, each person is going to share a different side of that for them. Now, this isn't to say that every single thing that is shared here is going to be 100% accurate, you know. It's just not where we are right now. It's just not the case of the unravelling and the disclosures that are being revealed to us. Obviously, things are always, always changing. And in one moment, something can be so real and so true. And the next moment is completely shifted and changed into something else. This is the journey of evolution. This is the journey of incension that we are going through right now. So this is just an invitation that you're discernment is really really important as always as usual please take what resonates and leave the rest thank you hi and welcome back to the new monks podcast i am your host jay muller in today's episode i am speaking to megan who details her journey these past three years working as a nurse and gives us a very hands-on, first-hand experience of the manipulation and corruption that takes place in the medical industry in a very real way, which a lot of us knew was happening, but um, I guess here it's a very personal account. And then she also speaks about her multi-dimensional experiences with different entities and psychic attacks that she's had since a very young age. And then brings it all into a whole picture of how she understands the world and the who, the they, of what's happening at the moment with um, all the agendas and everything into a clear picture. So I hope you enjoy this episode and can resonate with what she shares. Thank you. Hi, Megan. So yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming here and yeah, sharing your story. I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say because I know I've heard you speak say a few different things about your transformation as a nurse during these past few years and I spoke to one doctor before already in uh from Canada and I don't know I feel like it's really important for you know people right on the front lines to really share their perspectives now so yeah thank you so much and thank I'm really, you for having me <laughs> yeah really looking forward to hearing what you have to share but yeah how I normally start is just if we could both take a few deep breaths in before we begin
And then just tell us how you're feeling right now. I feel a little bit nervous about speaking kind of about the medical industrial complex, but because I've just been a part of it for so long, but at the same time, um, I feel like maybe just talking about it also will be healing for me <laughs> selfishly. So um, I'm glad for the opportunity to speak. And um, I think that if you had asked me a few months ago while I was still you know, working in the hospital, I, I don't feel like I would have felt as so free as I wouldn't have been able to. Um, I could have easily, you know, lost my job. And it was, it was very important to me to be able to walk away from that system on my own terms. Mm, wow. That's so interesting because, yeah, I know there's a lot of people who have been afraid of speaking out just precisely because of what you said. So that's so amazing. Yeah. That now it's like free. <laughs> you can do whatever. I know that on my Instagram, it'd be a it probably doesn't seem like um, like I would be afraid to say something, but you know, yeah, yeah. that account is anonymous, and you know, there's my it's private and anonymous, and it's just kind of been my yeah. thing these past three years of like my only avenue to kind of get my anger out, get my feelings out, because in my daily life and in my daily work, and even with you know most of my family, I really can't. Yeah, you know, I haven't been able to say anything, so. Yeah, I think the same for me, actually. I don't know. I, I feel like I say so much on Instagram. Yeah. But then, like, face-to-face, -face, people might even be thinking, like, what? Do you know what I mean? Because right. I'm, like, not necessarily. But this because it doesn't, like, arise. The opportunity doesn't arise. And also, like, we want to have harmony yes. with our families and with our friends. And, you know, I don't want my relationships with my family to have that kind of friction and to have that kind of like mm. thing about who's right and who's not right like mm. y'all we're already just like too much of that that mm -hmm. I just want to keep things like really pure and you know harmonious yeah. that's true I mean I think the conversation doesn't always have to go in that direction mm -hmm. but then I don't know sometimes I feel like yeah because it's not like I'm going to be like no the you know, with that, and I'm not going to come with that energy like, I mean, this is what's going on, you know. And then it's more like just if they ask, which yes, they don't yeah. really. So <laughs> I know, and it's like kind of at this point, it's kind of like, why aren't you know what? I wonder what what they're thinking after yes. all of this, you know? Yeah, and especially with like like all the stuff that I'm posting, for example, you know what I mean? And some of them, yeah. I know they're seeing it you know yeah but uh but I also think that sometimes it just goes <laughs> my mom just had an astrological reading with um one of the Christic astrologers on uh Instagram mm. and she <laughs> went up to dinner afterwards and I was like how's your reading she said well you know she said that like one of my children you know might be a conspiracy theorist <laughs> Are you kidding me? We both had a good laugh, but what does that even mean? Because like, I know, honestly, I, know. I met up with a friend the other day, right? And she is quite aware of what's going on. And then her and her friend were going, "Oh, but I'm not a conspiracy. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a." 
like you know i know so many people have gone there but i'm not going down there and i'm just thinking what does it even mean yeah. and like why right. so defensive about it and also some of the stuff that she knows to be true would kind of be considered that you know what i mean yeah and i mean so, like yes i 100 percent am one i will yeah. claim it do you know what i mean like yeah it's so interesting and it's like why is that such a taboo because I, I feel personally like it's the amount of time now that these stories have come into the limelight and into realizing that they're real. Like, it just doesn't even matter. Do you know what I mean? Call it's what like you want. there's a trigger associated with that term. And I did hear that yes. the CIA did, was the ones that started using that term and then, you know, probably associated programming along with that term in the media and stuff to where, you know, 40, 50 years later, all you have to do is say it. Yes. And it evokes a certain Amazing. shutting down in, in some people. That's right? so true. And everyone, like from all different spectrums, like even people who are like aware to a degree that still, even like, I don't want to be considered a, like smart. And it, it reminds me of just like being considered crazy, you know? Yeah. Like it's like, it's like we'll a use it thing. as a disclaimer. Like Russell yeah. Brand even coming out on some of his YouTube videos. When he started coming out and like speaking, like he would disclaim every video by saying, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. We're not, we, we don't talk about conspiracy theories. And he he went through like six months of saying that on every video. And now I noticed that he, stopped. he doesn't, he, yeah, yeah, because he stopped. I mean, I don't remember that. I have I don't watch loads of his videos, but I've seen a bunch of them. I don't actually remember that. Yeah, That's he went so through a phase of that. No, but I know that he was very reserved. But I think it got to a point where he just couldn't. But, like, if you know what's going on, then I feel like that will happen. That's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure it must have happened for you. Like, it's just, even now, coming and being able to speak about it is so interesting. And this is, like, gets to a point, breaking point. It's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there have been so many, like, really, really painful moments you know, personally in the past three years where, you know, just even trying to question anything, you know, you know, my own mother said, oh, well, you, you know, that's from QAnon, like you're part of QAnon. And that was just so devastating for me, you know, that I had like a total like existential crisis over like not feeling like seen and known by my own mother. You know, and like eventually like that happened with so many family members where I mean, my stepmother, I wasn't even allowed in her home for over two years. Oh, my word. Wait, um, that's really I like what you said, the existential crisis by not being seen. Right. Like I'm like after 42 years and giving birth to me and like knowing me like mm. that you can write me that off so easily by saying, oh, that's you're just part of part of QAnon. It's like you don't know me at all then, you know? And like, we've moved past that, but there've just been so many moments where you've just witnessed the programming and like the ones you've loved. Yes. Wow. That's been so painful. Yeah. And I think that's probably a huge thing for a lot of people, the um, not being seen because, Mm. you know, you've probably heard it, like the whole like, being a, living in completely different realities to someone right next to you mm-hmm. it's just that so of course they won't be able to see you because they can't and also I heard this before and it, but it's kind of like more of a metaphor you know like eventually you become invisible 
you know, it's in the Celestine prophecy and all this. Ah, uh, yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what's happening, right? And, and we it's move like, out of this. I'm getting shivers. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the whole thing that I just got chills too, but yeah, like the whole thing never happened. Oh to my that. word! Yeah. And sometimes I feel like God, you know, stop talking to myself. Like, stop shit posting about COVID be, and about the <laughs> how the unvaccinated were treated and all the quotes, but. Even to myself, I hear some of these quotes, like when Don Lemon said unvaccinated people having a heart attack should not get medical care. And I can't even believe that people, that was yeah. said yeah. and that no one said anything about it. Yeah, that was I know. fine. I know. Close my mind. I know. But yeah, the invisible, yeah, it's like not being seen. But of course you're not going to be able to be seen because it's like a whole different bandwidth of it's it's in it's not visible and until you've like gone there that's literally it and then in a way I experienced that as well because what happens is I think the media pumps all these um like this perspective of what a conspiracy theorist is and it's just generalized into this category so then people Alex start to Jones. Say, yeah Trump da, 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 da. yeah so people just if you like were against the injection, they just assume that all these different things. Like you don't believe that the virus is real. All this stuff that mm-hmm. is just like it's not. It doesn't yeah. work like that. You know what I mean? Like that you're racist. You don't. You don't believe the virus is real. Just a, a bunch of stuff goes all along with that whole pot. Yeah, literally a whole bunch of stuff. And cute freaking non. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> what? it's yeah and, it's yeah, and you want people right. kind of almost get there they yeah. almost you, you yes. see them kind of almost quite and then it's like they revert back like after watching me you know get ready to sell my house sell like some of my prized possessions ready to leave my job almost you know get fired by the skin of my teeth and say no so many times for three years it's like some people, very one person very, very close to me watched me say no all of those times and stick to my guns and then asked me just, have you ever thought about just getting the vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? No, maybe that, <laughs> you know, I, know like, I, mean, I never thought of it. Yeah, right. Like, uh, hello. You've watched me sacrifice so much to not get it like at what point do you think I'm gonna just give up and get it like that's never yeah, happening like do you get it like do you see the yeah, extent no. that I'm going here yeah I know I remember at the beginning my mom said to me I'm like but what if you change your mind and I was just thinking no <laughs> never yeah, but I knew it then like because mm-hmm. you can't obviously usually I'm that kind of person who's just like well you know you never know but I was just like no I really feel the same with this and I am I am not a really stubborn person I'm adaptable I'm flexible I'm open-minded but I just the same as you I just there was a point when I knew that this was a hill that I would die on oof yes exactly and oh it's yeah it's so amazing though like to have that experience to have that feeling do you know what I mean because that's like a deep calling to have that level of conviction about a principle. Yes, about yeah. a principle. Yeah, because uh, 
and that as well like I guess it's rare because it's, I, I don't know I feel like a lot of people don't know what the principles are you know what I mean so yeah yeah I mean in a sense it is a gift to be able to be given a choice and make it and, and be able to be convicted Oof, yes. you know? yeah that's so true and you know but there is a set that also the trap on that side that I've you know, it feels so good also to feel righteous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About yeah, yeah. something. And so, you know, with all, there's a whole bunch of content online about being a pure blood and staying pure and, you know, the sheep, this and that. And, and you know, that's that's also not, you know, what it's about. It's either. not at all. And the other thing is, is that it's, it's not a nice thing to be righteous about. Do you know what I mean? No. Because the reality of it isn't it's not happy you know no and we may have escaped you know those three injections or whatever but I think those of us who really know what's going on know that like we're getting the technology anyway and throughout other avenues you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what none of us are really escaping it and so saying no is kind of more of an act of defiance and rebellion and just a statement of our integrity and of our principle but you know I know that I'm getting it I must be getting it you know if you ever eat out or if you ever go outside and breathe or go in a pool or Mm. you know the point is everywhere but we're it's just about still Mm. having at least some areas where we can choose right yeah totally and also like I I feel like it's not the same do you know what I mean Obviously, those things it is happening, but it's not the same as it just going right in and you also making that decision. The consenting. Yes, exactly. Co-creating exactly. with it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because then you've already made the decision, and then now we all have to just deal with the consequences, and but we still have it's it's firm boundaries still, you know. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so nice to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was so surprised when you reached out. Um, and because I was just wondering, you know, what exactly caused you to. I mean, I, I think I participated in the group a little bit, but um, I was surprised to hear that you would wanted to have me on the podcast. So. Yeah, just because you recently, basically, we were in this little Telegram group. Yeah. And uh, I think you shared a little bit about I think I, I, like, announced, I felt like screaming from the rooftops when I finally wow. quit quit the wow. hospital. I, so I think I announced it in there. <laughs> I was like, I, I quit the hospital today or something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, I know. I just feel like... I want to talk to people who also are totally ready to, you know, burn the system down. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. You know? And it's just so interesting because, I I mean, I guess, again, like we're saying, it feels like, yeah, even people who are aware and stuff, I don't know, I think maybe it gets too much for people sometimes or um, something or they're focusing on the building or whatever it is, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, amount of people that I 
in my role as a nursing leader in that system, the amount of people that were in my office in tears over the past three years, not wanting to get it or not wanting to get the booster, um, just was so heartbreaking. It, and it, you know, there is kind of this thing from the outside looking in that like everyone in the system just lined up and wanted it. Yeah, there There was, it's important for people to know that there were so many people that, um, there's so many pure souls that have devoted their life to nursing and and being doctors and caretaking that there's a martyrdom and like kind of savior complex that goes into a self-sacrifice program. And Mm -hmm. so they just didn't feel like they were like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to get it. I don't want my families to get it, but like, this is what nurses do Mm. or this is what, you know, doctors do or caregivers do like, um, for the greater good or to protect our patients. And the hospital really, really exploited that. It's like, made it seem like, you know, you're, we were going to kill our patients if we didn't, if we didn't get it. Mm. Yeah. So much of that happening. I saw this video today or yesterday, and I was just like, what the funk? Basically, was this guy calling up the pharmaceutical company or something and just saying, like, you know, my son has got myocarditis now. The mom went to get the injection, and I'm really annoyed with her and with you because you didn't tell her that that was one of the side effects. Why didn't you tell her? And then the person says, oh, because that would mean that then people wouldn't get it. If we had, if you had consent, you wouldn't get it. Well, isn't that the point? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think I did see that. Well, that was a that was a story today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you what, like, and it's so backwards, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, then yeah. people didn't get it. And everyone needs to get it. It's like low to that's just like so illogical. <laughs> and the rules just changed at every turn too. Oh, you know, no. I, I had always gotten the exemptions for the flu shot. Oh, yeah. Um and in Washington State, the law is that naturopathic doctors must be treated the same as MDs. That's the way it is here in Washington. And so I had always had a naturopath sign for my missing the flu, skipping the flu shot. And so I had a naturopath sign for my first attempt at a medical exemption. Oh, and so what do you mean that they're treated the same? They're supposed to be honored and legally oh, okay. what they, you know, treated the same as a medical doctor. So legally, and that's oh. the law. And so um, I had a naturopath sign my, you know, COVID medical exemption, the same as she had always signed my flu prior to the pandemic. And they accepted it, or the hospital that I worked at accepted it initially. And then right before the deadline for the mandate, they decided that they aren't going to accept naturopaths accept medical exemptions from naturopaths. And so they got back to me and said, actually, no, this, your medical exemption is denied for this because this is a naturopath. Wait, so are you a naturopath? That's... No, I'm a nurse. Okay. But in order to do a medical exemption, 
from the hospital, we needed to have a medical provider sign our. Ah, so it was someone else who wasn't signing it for you. Yeah, who has she had always signed it for me for prior to the pandemic, and the hospital had had no problem with it until you know then, and so then they rejected it with like a week to the deadline of getting fired, and I had a literal week to find to establish care with a doctor who didn't know me, didn't know my health history, didn't know any of the things I was dealing with and to convince why this wasn't going to be a good thing for me. Mm. And basically that's when I was having like panic attacks every day. I mean, I was in like my mom's backyard at one point, just dry heaving, shaking panic. I, I literally felt like the sky was falling and to look back now, Um, it's crazy because like I was so imprisoned by fear that I was going to lose my career and that nothing would ever be okay if I wasn't a nurse. Um, but I literally felt like it was the end of the world. If, if I, I mean, I was getting ready to sell my house. I was going to be like sleeping on people's floors and stuff like that. But I did, I put together a bunch of research and, um, I I have to be allergic to one of the ingredients in the vaccine. And this person that I found, this this medical provider that I found had no problem signing it, but it was at like the 11th hour. Wow. And people around me were getting fired. My hospital fired like 300 to 400 nurses. And I think that I was told I was the only nurse in the system that got a medical exemption. Oh my, that's wild. Wild. And meanwhile, I had been spending months on writing a a spiritual and religious statement of my faith of why this violated my, you know, principles, you know, and Mm -hmm. and my faith, which of course was denied and rejected as well. But just actually the the act of going through that process and and writing down my convictions, like, like we said, and, you know, my relationship with God and you know, organic life. Um, I mean, I'm so, and I still go back to that statement that I wrote and read it every so often. And I'm like, mm. that was fire. Like that was so good, you know, and it was a prayer in a way. And it just, mm. all it did was bring me more into alignment of you're never going to, you're never going to get me. I'm yeah. never going to violate myself. Never going to fold. But I still had to watch my best friend get fired. I had to watch nurses that I had that had worked in the system and dedicated their lives to patient care and service be fired and thrown away like garbage like they were nothing and then the hospital was so short-staffed that they had to bring in travel nurses for like twice the hourly rate to fill the staffing vacancies and now they're in a budget shortfall and worried at the time that I left a few months ago they were worried about not having enough cash on hand to, to pay people it's so stupid. <laughs> Literally. There's no words, yeah. I think the same happened in the UK, actually. Because it's the same. If you're not employed full-time, you get paid more as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So silly. But that's amazing that you managed to get it. I remember, yeah, I remember hearing this one um, person speaking, and it was about the solution will come, but at the eleventh hour. I remember that's how it, that's how it went down. Yeah. I 
didn't know if I was going to be without a job from one day to the next for a period of over three to four months. And, you know, I think I'm still dealing with the effects of what that did to my nervous system. Yeah, man, this is, yeah, this is one thing I think that's so big. It's the trauma for everyone, it's for all of us, man. It's such a crazy, and it was just so abusive. The whole thing was so abusive. Yeah, I, as a leader in the hospital, I had to attend these virtual town hall meetings with all of the hospital leadership and just basically kind of sit there with my mouth shut while the unvaccinated were being just dragged through the mud called monsters. I mean, there was a, they had a whole town hall about how we're running out of patience for these people. Um, we, we don't have any more empathy where we, we don't have compassion anymore. It's just, yeah, it was it was like psychological warfare. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like you had a very, very like full on experience of it as well. Because like, do you know what I mean? I, I wasn't involved in those meetings and those conversations. Yeah. At all. Yeah, every day, every day I, you know, I had to keep my mouth shut. Only if a few people in the system knew that I wasn't vaccinated and I had to listen to conversations every day about how horrible unvaccinated people were, selfish, you know, all the stuff we talked about. So what, first of all, like what, why, why did you have such conviction and why were you so against it? It was just like a deep knowing. And I think, you know, personally, which I put this even in my statement of faith of, you know, a lot of us, especially as women have had, have been physically violated, you know, sexually, physically violated where we weren't able to give consent. And, you know, I know that I'm not alone in that. That's a very common experience um, of a lot of us. And it, it, it kind of brought me right back to those moments Mm. and I had already been on a journey of like reconsecration. I think a lot of us uh, right around 2017 kind of had, and I don't want to like, of course we can't have a podcast without someone mentioning like plant medicine, but I think there was a lot of us that started working with plant medicines around that, those times and, or at least had like a, a major awakening or our awakening started where we, at least for me, I started on a journey of like reconsecration of like the soil of my body. And I was doing lots of cleansing, lots of fasting, lots of seeking, um, you know, for experiences that I, that I had had, you know, as a child growing up with like sleep paralysis and demonic attacks and just realizing where I had leaks in my energy, leaks in my aura, where I was maybe letting parasitic or um, predatory victimizer energies kind of overtake my own sovereignty and my own power. And I, I think that this just came uh, at a time where I was already doing work to reclaim Mm -hmm. my power. And it was just a time that I was not feeling weak about Mm -hmm. that. And I wasn't going to allow that my being to be violated again without my consent. Mm, I love that. 
Yeah, without your consent. Mm. Wow, so interesting. So, and then also just before we started recording, you were saying as well that uh, you already had loads of vaccinations before. Well, I hadn't had that many growing up, like I said, because my mom didn't, she got us like the bare minimum, um, only a few of, of what, you know, everyone else had. But I got some when I became a lifeguard, you know, in high school. And then I got, I had to get a bunch when I went to nursing school. And, you know, that really was when I started to experience some chronic health problems and of course you know every doctor that you go to is like oh well that's because you're an ER nurse (laughs) you know you just because you're because I was an emergency room nurse for a long 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 time and so they you know especially as a woman they just say oh well you're just it's stress you know so I went through decades of just being told that my mystery symptoms my chronic illness symptoms my autoimmunity systems was just a result of being a nurse and having a stressful job so, but it has been, it, it wasn't, yeah. So how did you find out? Because it's such a difficult thing to nail. Do you know what I mean? How did you, I, and I was going to say to you, I have a friend who had a similar thing. He had to get an injection to travel to the States. As soon as he went, as soon as he got it, he had autoimmune problems. But he managed to heal with um, tuning forks. Really? Mm. I should find out more about that as I'm still trying to heal all this. I basically mm. just allowed myself to be gaslit about it for decades. Mm. You know, wow. um, there's so much internalization and when you get written off going from doctor to doctor and it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm getting to the bottom of it though. Uh, okay. Yeah. In a way as well, like it's probably also like the, the, conditioning of this western medicine and the hospital and the power to the doctor and you know what I mean and and obviously you're working in it I was working in it but you know what it's it's even more ironic because I was actually raised um out of it (laughs) I was raised on homeopathy and um raised by extremely spiritual parents who you know had a guru in India and made went to and multiple trips to India and Outside of, you know, my first pediatrician was Dr. Bill Mitchell, who founded Bastyr University, which is the the premier naturopathic training center, you know, in the West. And, and I went, even when I went into nursing, I didn't go into it because I believed in the system. I went into it with this, like the hubris of youth to where like, oh, I'm going to go get inside the mind of the beast and change the system, right? Mm. but instead you just become you get harvested Mm. and it's it's so abusive and especially if you've experienced abuse in your life um you go into a lot of that victimhood and just Mm. the programs that run inside of hospitals are so powerful because there's a the patriarchal programming of like the doctor to nurse thing where the nurse is the handmaiden and the servant and, you know, and there there's martyrdom uh, programs, there's patriarchy programs. I mean, it's just, it's such a shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that, you know, starting in 2017 was when I actually started to feel myself, I had to start shielding before going in to the building every morning because I could feel myself being digested. Energetically? Energetically. And, but, but also physically. I was experiencing so many like physical symptoms of just depletion. I mean, I was living on, I I was living on like black coffee and green juice every day until like 3 p.m., 4 p.m. And in such a state of activation, ready to do CPR on whatever walk through the door. I mean, helping people die, holding hands when people were dying and transitioning. And at a certain point, like you just become aware of all of the energetic, like loose eaters hanging around someplace like a hospital, just waiting for the transitions, feeding on the programs. I mean, there's so much suffering that goes on in that. It's just a feeding frenzy. Are you talking about human beings or? I'm talking about um, the other. The The other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it it was like I would have to put on like the armor of God like every day before walking into my shift. It's so amazing that you became so aware of that, and uh, like you said, so aware of the programs, like all the Patrick the martyrdom, all of the thing. Like so, and like you said, using it as well. I guess to really step into your power. So cool. Yeah, but that's so. I mean, how did you? How did you, what happened, like, after a while, you said 2017, that's when you started reading. Yeah, and, like, I have to associate, because I had been, um, I had been kind of on a quest to really, for more tools with, with the sleep paralysis that I had been experiencing ever since a little girl, and I had, you know, met various teachers throughout my growing up that taught me various shielding and things like that, and it always helped, but then it would stop working, and then this the attacks would, my shielding would upgrade, but then the attacks would upgrade and my shielding, I would upgrade and the attacks. And so it, it never really stopped. And so, uh, that is actually what led me to plant medicine to, to try to find out more about what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I did, you know, a lot, what a lot of us do is like had this amazing experience and then thought doing it all the time would be exactly what I needed and I just dove into like many many ceremonies you know combo um a ton of different kinds of plant medicine and then before I I realized um about the integration (laughs) but I did yeah I did learn so much about the unseen and the astral and and 4d and I started to get more of a vocabulary of energetic consent and even what a shield is instead of just the tools I had been given as a child that I just adopted out of fear to protect myself at night but Mm -hmm. more from a sense of like innocent prayers and protection to actually going into battle Mm -hmm. and becoming a participant in that and interacting and actually um, learning how to actually command space Mm -hmm. and you know, in, in those times mm. I had a guide, my guides changed out and I, you know, I started the blue flame came in 
and I stepped in with the white flame and this blue flame came in this blue being. Um, but yeah. And I, um, so I, I went through that, like a, like burst that we all go through with, with plant medicine. And I think that kind of made it even harder for me to exist in, um, institutionalized Western medical system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then it, it, but then it, it's almost like it's even more damaging too, because there's even more dissonance there. And there's, there's more distortion between the yes, fields. Like 100%. you're, you're no longer, you know, you you can no longer harmonize with it mm. at a certain point. And so there's more friction yeah. because you know what you're walking into. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a, a big catalyst for me around 2017. And then, um, you know, what happened was as, as it often does when you learn what's going on is that you're given something from the system, which was, that was when I went and got my master's degree and I was given my first big promotion in the system. And then, um, what happened to me after, I barely got that medical exemption by the skin of my teeth was when I thought I was going to get fired was actually got promoted again. And I just got chills. It's, it's kind of like, Oh, okay. You, you know this now and you want to leave, but how about what if we give you more power and more money? Mm, yeah. You're, Honestly, you're frozen. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. I feel like it might also so be. So that like... happened a couple times after 2017. Wow. I feel like that's also like, hey, you want to see more? Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was kept in, you know, and I, and when you start to understand about transactional energetics and consent and, realizing like how I was not how I was trapping myself there mm -hmm. yes transactional yes yeah yes mm -hmm. so I feel like uh wow there's a whole package of stuff you shared there <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I don't know so interesting such an interesting experience that you've had ever since young as well and with the psychic attacks and everything and and then working in the hospital as well and becoming really sensitive to it, the environment. So the field, what, let me go there. Because you said you started to, to understand the field. So how do you understand that now? Your field. Um, you mean in the context, you know, the context of sleep paralysis or at the hospital? Um, I think you were saying it with regards to like protecting yourself. So you said you can, and now you, can, you actually understand your field more. Like, so how do you interpret that? Well, yeah, so I think I was, that was in relation to the attacks and how to interact, you know, in that state of paralysis where, okay. you know, as a child, you react with fear and not really understanding that that's the food. Yes. And they really, really like that. And that doesn't, help the attacks and so going through a process of initiations with um being paralyzed and being like confronted with probably like the most horrifying imagery horrifying experiences 
that I've ever had in my life have been when I've been asleep Um, of what emotions to greet that with and really like going from fear to anger to neutrality to um, basically kind of like a loving commandment Um, and not that that's always linear but that sometimes you cycle through a bunch of those until you really are staying, you really have the gnosis of knowing that um, I think I had, and I felt so silly, but there was one night that I had to actually stand up in the middle of my room and talk out loud. Um, that And the diffusion of the energy was so profound and so palpable that I was like, oh, that's, that's what it is. That's what not being a victim is, mm-hmm. you know, saying it with a clear voice standing, you know, and then that's when, I mean, hopefully the people that are watching this are going to be able to relate to this. That's the only reason I'm sharing it, but mm-hmm. that's when your weapons, weaponry and gets upgraded. And then I started having this blue, electricity that would come out of my hands during the attacks and I had one night when I still had my sauna here um and it was off and this has never happened before like when it's off it stays off it's not powered on in the middle of the night I had one of these attacks and I had this blue electricity I was shooting out of my hands and I woke up sat up in the middle of my room and looked and like my sauna was literally on it had turned on like you know the power was on and like lights were on it was just such a confirmation anyway we could that was kind of a tangent but (laughs) that's fascinating um so I was going to ask you there the loving commandment so like what does that look and uh, sound like and I guess that was an example but Yeah, it's because it, I had been coming from a place of like struggling, trying to move, just focusing on moving like one toe or one pinky to like battle or like overpower my way out of it to where I could breathe and move again and speak and move around. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis. but it's gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's, yeah. yeah. And so coming at it from a combative thing, just a lot of times it just imprisoned me more, Mm. but when I could like let the fear go away, relax and actually feel, allow myself, because it has happened to me so many times where if I actually allowed myself to feel, you know, upper heart center emotions, even in that moment Mm. that it would dissipate. Or if you speak certain names, you know, Christ, what, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, and it's about the types of like lights and flames and colors that you use mm. that are bringing in certain energies that will, um, it just, instead of fighting it, it just kind of like neutralizes it or like deflates mm-hmm. it like a balloon, like losing air. And is it, love that. Is it the same in the hospital? When you, uh, in a way, you? yeah. I mean, I mean, those principles, yeah, they, they dictate like every aspects of our lives when we learn like psychic yeah. warfare, right? You know, what, mm-hmm. when is it worth the combative energy? When is it worth, you know, when is it worth fighting? And, you know, this, 
there's so many times in the hospital where I didn't say anything and so many things that I did as a nurse that compromised my integrity. I mean, as an ER nurse, we, we put patients in restraints. We gave them chemical sedatives, um, you know, in the name of their safety, our safety and the safety of the other patients. But it's so barbaric what we do. Oh my day. It's so barbaric. It's so violating. It's so funny that word. I haven't heard it in ages and my friend used it the other day and I was like, what a great word. (laughs) So much of what we do today though is freaking barbaric. It's just, it's it's just like, what? Really? (laughs) Oh, I, I can't believe in so many of the things that I participated in as a nurse. But at the same time, I also often was the only one there when someone passed away. They, they had no family there. I was the only one sitting by their bed, holding their hand, making sure they weren't scared. Um, it's there's there's a lot of pure intention and pure love and support on the part of like the bedside caregivers in places like because it's such a hell. But there are like light beings there that that are there like to help but it's even though it's like in a hell realm if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. kind of like earth I guess (laughs) yeah yeah definitely so what happened with the um you said I think you had guides and then they changed just wanted to rewind yeah yeah so um right prior to 2017 like prior to me like really up leveling um whatever happened with the energetics um I just started being accompanied by this like big blue being and I didn't have any of the vocabulary I hadn't that I didn't know about energetic synthesis or ascension I didn't know about any of this I was such a just was just a baby in terms of all of that kind of line of study but this large like blue extremely strong humanoid but no hair winged fire breathing being was behind me in everything I did I would go for a walk on trails that would be behind me if I ever felt scared the wings would go out the fire and my path would literally be like cleared by blue flame for me to walk through safely I mean, this this was the flame I was using to pr- do my shielding every night before bed, this blue flame. All of a sudden, it was just blue instead of I had been using like the Christ's white light prior to that. But it was like nothing I was conscious of. And it was just with me. Uh, it was This is after my I got out of uh, extremely uh, emotionally um, abusive engagement. My father uh, did death with dignity from a terminal illness he had. I got my master's degree and I bought my my home. And it was like right around that time, 2016, that this being was just with me, protecting me in everything I did. And after a few years, um, the uh, facilitators of like the plant medicine group that I um, was working with, and I would got closer to them and I described some of the experience experiences I had. And so they finally connected me with some of the vocabulary that I needed to explain, you know, like about seraphim 
and um, Paris Gamos and some of the experiences that I had been having that I didn't know mm-hmm. were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then I could start studying all of that. But yeah, um, and it that being is less and less a conscious present in my life, but it was about five years where I was mm. constantly conscious of being accompanied. And so was that something that you could see because you are describing the color and, you know, when it happened and stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, not in the 3D, but it just it constantly in my mind's eye. Okay, amazing, yeah. And I could feel, yeah. yeah. At yeah. night when I would do my shielding, I would be literally curled up in the fetal position in in its lap and its wings would be around me I don't know if it was a particularly vulnerable time for me um, where I just needed that um, or it announced an aspect of my I did learn a bunch about the seraphim lineages and the seraphim healing and I've, I've been consciously attempting to like integrate that aspect mm. so maybe it's just something that's more integrated now and less yeah. of a fragment mm-hmm. but yeah I mean this whole thing about uh, ener- energetics like and energetics energetic hygiene and uh, entities and everything I feel like yeah I had this uh, Heather speak about that a bit because she basically does clearing through quantum hypnosis and I just think that it's just something that's going to become way more obvious I mean it is already I think it already is way more obvious yeah. to people and like and and it's such a hidden aspect of life that it's just coming to look into the interview now and people are like becoming aware that's actually real you know so but obviously it sounds like you've been experiencing it for a very long time you know oh yeah I mean I started with sleep paralysis you know 11 12 um and I like I had explained to you I was not raised in the church yes I was raised by my parents had the eastern faith and I was taken to satsang every Sunday instead of church where I was like raised by like Indian women and um you know we would do curtain and you know all of those kinds of things I had no concept of the church but I was basically being visited by um what I could describe as looking like I mean I don't know if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings that looked like that Balrog demon with the horns black shiny muscular I mean and it there's there's so um real and repetitive and there was like a whole story there that I had no context for um so it wasn't like this like church like programming because mm. I didn't have that so, as, again, so where that, did I get that was that in your mind's eye as well or that was during sleep paralysis ah, okay 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 okay. so at night time mm-hmm. as a little girl and that was yeah. really scary as a child right yeah yeah Hor- yeah horrifying <laughs> so but and then mm-hmm. basically slowly slowly so it's been a whole journey yeah exactly you've kind of learned about the energetics and how to protect yourself and shield from this it's so yeah it's just like you kind of just think oh life is just but it's like no there's like a whole thing going on here 
is. And I, you know, it, I, I think of, I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, I don't know what percentage of the population it is or how many people just kind of live entire lives of like never thinking about God, never thinking about any of this, um, that it would sound so weird for other people to listen to some of our experiences that we've had. Um, and mm. just kind of, I can't even imagine life. I mean, I, every day since I was a little girl, I, I felt like I've been missing God and I've always felt a longing in my heart. Mm. And my mom would have to kind of sit me down and, you know, I, I always kind of tried to describe this to her. And, you know, she's like, it's, you're homesick, you know, you're, it's the pain of separation. And, you know, she would kind of have to remind me that one day I will rejoin, but I think that like many people don't experience the the sep feeling of separation as an internal experience, mm. but it's been so much of my daily existence that it, it is really, really painful sometimes to feel so separate. Mm. And I know that people in our group are feeling, feeling this too, but many people never feel that longing or that pain. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I love that. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask what your parents. So, but I think you said maybe before, did they get the injection then? Or well, my father, he's passed. He oh, yeah. he ended up he had a long terminal illness that he was battling for years, and I. Um, he chose death with dignity and I that, you know, I held his hand when, you know, he took the, the medicine to slow down his heart rate and pass away and, you know, was there while he transitioned and wow. I remember the candle in the room going out um, as he soul left his body and um, that that was before the pandemic. I don't know what, wow. what he would have done. Yeah. Wow. My, my, my mom and I, she, she's able to have philosophical conversations with me, which I really, really appreciate because my life is like nothing without that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I didn't know what she was going to do. We went back and forth and I was just gave her information, um, as I found it. But I, of course, I never want anyone to feel like pressured by, by me. Of course, we all know how I feel about it, but everyone needs to make their own decision. And eventually she did get it. And she ended up getting a booster, but now she says that she is done. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to know because mm -hmm, is. I think people can feel convicted about it, but then you'll see people who are sure you're sure wouldn't get it. But then in a moment of weakness, yeah, they end up getting it again. Yeah, so, I've, I've had friends like that as well. Yeah, where it's you're surprised. You're like, oh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Mm -hmm. you just never know and so basically do you think now you've made a bit more sense about this whole um entity kind of experience and I yeah. have so much more context and words to describe you know and it was kind of like during the pandemic all of you guys appeared online yeah, when you, ha I had never 
it was kind of like all at once, right? Yeah, it wasn't that. ever a thing. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It's like, wow, there's all this material. There's all these people. Yes. Um, there's all this, these things to study and learn that is all information that I need to know right now. And that was so beautifully just available. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really been amazing. There's so many wonderful teachers and other wonderful students like myself that are curious about learning um, because of uh, the experiences or longing that we have to know, like, or to actually just not know what the mystery is, but to um, participate in it in some way, right? Mm, um, oof. Yeah. Yeah. We're out here. We are out here. <laughs> We're out here. <laughs> and I don't know, honestly, what I wouldn't have done without that community. Yeah. because it's it can be Probably. so isolating mm. yeah yeah so and now do you find since you've had the like working with the blue flame and all of that is it happening less now the attack yeah, yeah. I had to actually go through a, a, a major dark night of the soul around you know what I was eating um and mm-hmm. uh, remineralizing myself I was raised like a huge, very strict vegetarian my whole life, extremely strict. Um, I mean, like kale, yam and baked tofu every night for dinner type of type of a thing. Um, But I think but I used to have these dreams when I was a little girl about eating meat off the bone around a fire. And I would feel so much shame because of the way I was raised about that. Um, And I ignored it ignored it ignored it and you know finally when things got get really bad I just someone just told me like you're so depleted because I not only was a very strict vegetarian but I was doing long water fasts like seven days juice fast even longer um you know and then I right before the pandemic was doing like lots of high raw high fruit veganism up here in rainy cold Seattle and um with the amount of like stress and the state of my nervous system I just I reached a breaking point where I had to realize that I really needed to listen to my body for a period of time with having some animal protein and that caused me to basically just hold I spent one weekend hold up here just watching animal abuse footage and like crying my eyes out and like punishing myself basically mm-hmm. um it was like I was it was it was like a like you're watching somebody like have a spiral because I felt so much pain in my heart um and I was just like punishing myself with the imagery mm-hmm. but I after having that for a period of time the the tax reduced by like 90 percent a period of time with some protein and a lot of minerals, especially magnesium and potassium. What did you say? That so, the attacks reduced. What do you mean? The paralysis, sleep paralysis attacks. Oh. Mm-hmm. And remineralizing and replenishing my body. Cause I think what, what was oh. happening was there's a parallel, the, a, mic, a macro to the micro 
of what happens with our auric and energetic fields when we're depleted, when our bodies are depleted, yeah. then there's more permeability yeah. energetically for um, things to come in and out. Yeah. And I was having so many out-of-body disembodied experiences when I was um, on the high raw vegan psychic experiences that I did not want to be having. Mm. Um, it was too much, too much. So I, I just using diet to kind of modulate that and pace the awakening a little bit so that my yeah, yeah, 3D yeah. person could keep up with it without having a total meltdown, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. So it feels like it's very clear for you now. But um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to diet, I feel like it's so intricate for every person and it's not, it's just like, and because there's so many other things going on energetically as well. And even with the chakras, so it's like, it, it to come back into balance, it can just be like something so unique that's needed for yeah. one person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So releasing a bit of that was really important. And I also think like geomagnetically of where we are on the planet, we need different minerals and different Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different for nourishment too. Um yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was a hard lesson for me. A, a hard hard thing to go through. Yeah. With after how I was raised and the way I I was feeling about animals yeah. and yeah it is hard though like to watch it and to know and to because I think deep down we know that it's not supposed to be like this yeah yeah 100% 1000% yeah so it's it's kind of in a way it in that that's what gives me a little bit of compassion for like the luciferian impulse because there there is I can totally relate to not wanting to have to have a body, not wanting to have to have a body that does certain functions and wanting to totally bypass the the physical, right? And and so I had to battle like that Luciferian impulse inside of me that no, you're not, you do live on earth, you do live in a body, and your body, you do need to listen to your body when it yes. tells you that it needs things. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. realizing that that actually was a Luciferian impulse in myself that I was battling, and it allowed me to actually have a lot more compassion for that impulse in the universe. Um, that mm. it it can sometimes come from a really pure place, and I just a knowing yeah. that we, it can be bypassed, but not here, mm. not here in in these bodies. This isn't the place for that impulse. Mm. The impulse may have a place mm. in some other universal context that doesn't have a place on Earth. Earth, Earth is not about yes. leaving yeah. the body behind, right? It's about being in the body. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, where Earth is right now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this car incarnation or dimensional Earth, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow. That's really cool. I feel like you've, there's been so many different aspects to your uh, journey. It's so interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's like all the spiritual um, traveling and then as well, like the hospital. And then, you know. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> like, what yeah. The heck? 
yeah, I, I, so I, the further I get from that experience and it's only been a few months, but the more mind boggling it is to me that I was stayed there for 16 years mm-hmm. in, in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. what on earth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's so interesting. I think, you know, for me, I had some problems with my stomach at the beginning of my awakening and it took me a long time to stop going to the doctor <laughs> do you know what I mean like oh, yeah. I knew there was something else going on like it was just so loud but I, I don't know I just went back and then years later I went back <laughs> you know and was it was it ever a doctor that ended up helping you or was it something else no it wasn't and um, but the last person I saw was actually really nice she was just like oh, maybe it's this, they did some extra scans or whatever. And they were like, oh, no. And then she just said, you know, if there's a problem, you should keep looking, like, keep searching. Which which is nice. But then I was just like, I'm, like I've done too, so yeah. much of this now. It's not here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not. It's never been anyone in the system who has ended up helping me with my health. It's always been, wow. like, different little nervous system things or other kinds of practitioners operating outside of like like nothing that's ever worked has been covered by insurance. I'll just put it that way. Mm, Wow. That's so ironic. And then you have to end up paying extra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is right now, isn't it? Yeah, I know. So yeah, it takes a long time. I think to, it does. And even, you know, personal reflection on the journey, it takes a long time to get out of the conditioning. So I guess even now seeing other people, you know, it's not like it's going to be, although I know sometimes it does happen like that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yeah, a little bit of progress. <laughs> yeah, and it's gentle and it's like, you know. Yeah, the gentleness, being able to accept the gentleness is has been huge for me because I've, tended to pretty extreme in my life mm. um so yeah. it's that's where a lot of the magic is though is in the subtle shifts and yeah, just totally. a, a simple thing of going for a walk every day little mm. tiny things make such a huge difference so yeah and I think also then having compassion for yourself on the process of like letting go yeah so so then yeah was your it sounds like your parents were really supportive of you during that when when you were younger and did they also have experiences like that no yeah and so I yes there's they're supportive because they're non-traditional um but like they thank god that the right person to help has always shown up at the right time like mm-hmm. just if, within like a year or two of me starting to have these inner astral interactions um a clairvoyant moved in across the street wow. who wanted me to babysit her daughter oh I love that and she started working with me with teaching me shielding wow. and the first things I ever learned were just to visualize a light bulb above my head and turning it off or visualize a water faucet yeah little things that you teach children that are tools that I 
will never forget learning because they were so life-changing for me. If just exercises I could do before I would fall asleep to protect my, myself and, you know, teaching me about all of those kinds of things. And so I worked with her for several years and then around the time of the guide change and the blue bean came in there as another guide, I was working as recovery room nurse and this guy came in for a knee surgery and I was taking care of him waking up from anesthesia and I offered to bring him some water and he said, Oh no, I don't, I don't drink hospital water. Go to my locker. And I brought some spring water with me if you could get me. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to like this guy. Like no one else wanted to take care of him because that was high maintenance or whatever. But we spent hours talking and, you know, it turned out he was an revolutionary astrologer and he had, um, created this brilliant setup in the bottom of his house that was like a waterbed on top of subwoofers where he would you would lay on it was a, it was um and would take you on these shamanic healing journeys with vibration and sound and he had like um crystal technology sculptures hanging above you and with the right I mean he knew about all of that kind of stuff whoa that's at that right time. And I worked with him for several years. And and then it was like, when that work was done, he like literally dropped off the planet. I cannot even find him now. And I've tried, he's like nowhere to be found, but it is so divinely orchestrated that assistance will be there when we need it. Yeah. totally. Even though a lot of these things have been so scary for me, um, there's always been someone to learn from, mm. you know, and then now, you know, with the information, the like of groups like this that are, you know, I'm very much a student of, you know, Ascension Glossary, Rudolf Steiner, the mm. learning, learning about all of that. Like if you can always be a student and learn, it's always there, or at least I've experienced it that way. Mm, yeah, definitely. And that's up to you. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember now, even like you were, we were just talking about now about um, yeah, it takes a while to like get out of the conditioning, especially with the Western medicine. And I feel like that definitely happened now these past few years because even some people who I know who have like been against it, you know, the whole general Western medicine, or whatever, we bunch it into one. Yeah, <laughs> and then they still got the injections are it's like there's this thing where it's just like no safety it's like safety yeah yeah or it's like yeah I don't know what it is but it it, it they may be in the new age or be yoga teachers or whatever yes. but then it's like that gets overridden yes so quickly I mean I I wasn't allowed I was going to like this organic like hair salon and this is totally champagne problems but <laughs> I literally as a nurse that had been taking care of people in the hospital throughout the pandemic was not allowed to go there to get my haircut. I wasn't welcome oh, at this yeah, like yeah. organic kind of hippie. Yes. And you know, hair place. And, um, you know, my friend was kicked out of her yoga and Pilates studio. It's like, you guys are supposed to be the, organic you know, one. and these are the places that have been like, they have on their wall, like we welcome everybody, you know? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, but you know what I find <laughs> interesting as well is that um, I think 
people are like confused. Like I am actually can't believe how many people like don't know what is like good food for them and what isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like someone asked me, yeah. Today, oh, what would you say to someone who was um wanted to be vegetarian and um about eating a lab grown meat? <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, is that even a question? Like really? It's really wild. Whole pages, you know, on you've seen on social media this these veganism movements that are all yeah. fake meat preparations, and but you know yeah. they're all about it. And they will, uh, and they'll love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so really true. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really crazy. Like I don't know. For me, it's always been really obvious ever since I was a child. Like. And it's and it's really blurring what's real food and what isn't. Like what is mm-hmm. real and what isn't. It's and getting like, harder and harder too. Yeah, totally. And it, it's getting harder when it's like it hasn't changed that much. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other uh, conditioning to kind of wake up from as well, because there's so many foods that we just should not be eating. You know, that aren't even food. I know. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the problem is, what I think is that you don't necessarily feel, unless you're really sensitive, you're not going to know if it's good or bad for you. Especially if you're filling yourself up with crap, then you're definitely not going to know. And I think that's why people like you and me who have experienced any diet sort of digestive issue, it's like, you know, immediately. Yeah, you literally, boom, that's so true. It, it's in a way so it's kind of a gift but that's so <laughs> it makes true. it really really hard yeah, yeah. That's so true yeah and then yeah and then and then they're like yeah but why wouldn't you eat what like is it really that bad and it's like it's so, it's so difficult to even like explain it there's so much to it it's you know what I mean like it's like the mm-hmm. engine what are you putting in here and then how it changes your experience like you know what I mean and it's spiritual, energetic, all it's just like so many levels to it. <laughs> I was listening to there's a fun podcast I listened to called Journey to Truth, and there yeah. it's all about the secret space program and and stuff like that. And oh, it's wow. so entertaining. But they were saying how you know humans are held in such high esteem by like the rest of the species because we can literally survive on anything. Like we can. Wow. eat garbage and survive yeah so it's true like you can like feed us crap for generation after generation and we will still live we're like like roaches in that sense wow. but at the same time it's like just because we can doesn't mm. that really mean you should <laughs> yeah and then and also it's like I mean I definitely do see that it's, I find it really mad as well it's like we can literally but then it also this you just don't know like what what's happening with all the diseases and you know all these things like and you just, your you connection so. yeah but like also like your ability to commune with divine aspects of yourself even just yeah. having going through the experience I went through with like being raised as a vegetarian and having that very much connected to my sense of spirituality and my identification that way but then physically experiencing how it played out for my um you know third eye experiences and my energetic field to be such a high raw 
vegan mm-hmm. and knowing that just the impact of mm. what I can perceive based on what I eat. Yeah, exactly. The nightmares that I'll have, the dreams yeah. that I'll have. Yes. Like, it affects everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, this is the connection that I feel like because we're so numbed out, down anyways. And, and a lot they say there was a saying, it's like caffeinate so you can't meditate. Wow. And it's so true. I just heard it a couple of days ago and I was like, wow, yeah. Because yeah. that's kind of like my last method right now of where I kind of go if I, you know, I barely, you know, I'll have a glass of alcohol a couple of times a month or something like that. But it's this caffeine thing. My treat is like sometimes a chai or like, a, like one shot of espresso or something. But then I have to recover from that. It takes me days to recover from like one caffeinated drink. And it's so profound, like that that even has on. I can't believe how people are upright living, walking around, having as much coffee as they yeah. do all morning, and then uh, as much wine as they do all evening. It's like uh, I would be dead. I feel like <laughs> I couldn't do it. Maybe I'm a baby, but yeah, yeah. It's bad, but then I think. I mean, I never liked coffee, but there was. Some, I don't know. It's like. I feel like there's a stage where you just kind of do it and you're just getting by. But then as soon as mm-hmm. the shift happens, then it's like, you can't go back to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. And I still doubt, I'm still in my dabbling phase where like, I will go three weeks with no sort of caffeine at all. And then one day I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm getting a latte. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, but, it's, it's like, yeah, that ha- that's yeah. definitely happened to me with a lot of things. It takes, it's like a, yeah years process years of process with that mm-hmm. like I always loved biscuits <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so random but like when I was like younger I just used to eat packs it was mad and like oh the kind oh is a biscuit a cookie yeah or... but like you know you know, like uh, McVitie's, I don't like packs. So you have a whole pack. Not cookies are you normally like bigger, you know. But oh, like smaller okay. ones, and you have like loads of them in a pack. Okay, so in America, biscuits are like something you bake in the oven. Oh wow, it's the possible. opposite. So yeah, yeah. Cookies, okay. I guess, <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, why can't you have a biscuit? <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Okay. So. I get it. I was just, I was just munching them, and I didn't really think. So for me, that was like a whole process, and eventually, and then I would have it like oh once a month, and then, you know, yeah, and then I'd go for for a few months, and I'm like no, I can't. like then it would be back on it again. I need... <laughs> and then yeah, exactly. Like, can... No, and this tastes really freaking gross, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, you know what? Now, I feel like I can taste it from eating processed sugar. As opposed to like honey or coconut sugar. Yeah. I can taste the difference. Yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It's become, it's like once you become more pure, you become more sensitive and you kind of can't, you don't have the resiliency in a way to eat um, a more varied varied diet. Like I just don't, like, I feel like other people around me can get away with eating kind of more yeah, food yeah, yeah, than yeah, I can. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, try not to have so much sugar, but it's freaking everywhere. And when I'm at home, yeah. it's easy, but when traveling and stuff, it's just, I give myself. You're traveling all the time. I know. You've been, you were in India before this, now you're here. Then are you going back home after this or somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, I'm going to be back for the summer. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Who wants? Yeah. If you can be gone in winter, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's so cold. It's um, so cool. Yeah. So, wow. Great conversation. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really was. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Well. Kind of all over the place, but it's all connected. So. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, so, um, what else? Yeah, it would be cool to hear about, wait, there was one more question I wanted to ask you, you were saying about your parents. And then, um, no, that, that one will come back maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, as a nurse, now I feel like, because I feel like, obviously, for you, it was a lot of your personal experience that led you to the kind of, like, decision about not getting this injection. But were there other reasons as well, like, as a nurse? Well, not really. <laughs> um. It Well, I believe in, like, medical freedom, you know? And I I don't, like, if people, I, I still feel that if, if people want it, you know, then get it. But it was more about the violation and control and mandate and force, forcing. And like I said, the issues around consent that mm-hmm. really were actually what made me dig in my heels even more and be willing to sacrifice my whole career, my home, uh, my re- re- relationships with people I knew. I just, we reach a point where we will just not be violated again. And that really was what it came down to Mm. you know regardless of what's in it it could have been anything it was the principle behind uh the coercion and Mm. the deception and you know the control Mm. I love that that's so freaking cool because yeah I love that because it's it's almost just like it doesn't even matter what it was but it was just dodge behavior it was just fishy like Right. It's just like, I'm in control of my body. Yeah. I'm here to serve. I've been serving suffering people in this capacity for 16 years. Mm-hmm. If And you're now trying to call me selfish? Mm. Like, would I have become a nurse? Mm. And barely been able to afford a home, you know, not had children of my own because I was so, I had given everything so much to the hospital every day. I had nothing left at the end of the day to like nurture my own relationships or, you know, any type of a family. So like, it was just over the line. It was so over the line. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's a very practical approach, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I am out of that. I'm so glad and I'm, but I, I'm also so grateful that I didn't have to give up my career. I, I still am a nurse and right now I just, I feel so appreciative for that, 
mm-hmm. career because I feel like it's so important for me that I continue to know how to con- connect with like normal people, if that makes any sense. Because a lot of us who have, you know, devoted our spare time to studying energetics or, you know, talking to other people who are experiencing paranormal phenomenon or whatever, or researching all this, we can become so disconnected from like just normal people having, you know, being in survival mode, just living their lives and like, I'm so grateful every time I get to, you know, go into a veteran's home and yeah. sit there and talk to them for two hours and yeah. hear about their struggles. And just, it, it's such good perspective and context for me yeah. that I, I really am needing it right now. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes I forget because I'm like deep traveling in the other realms and then, yeah. Like, how do they not know that? <laughs> yeah. How do normal people live? But they're, you know, there's so many people out there just surviving, mm, you know, yeah, no. that have no luxury yeah. to study or be students or yeah. do any of this. And so it's, it's a good foil. It's good perspective. And I definitely don't want to be, there's so many nurses in the hospital that were retiring at age like 83, wow. you know, 84. <laughs> I, I, not going to be one of those but I I I still need right now at this point I still need that connection to that form of service of being a nurse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing because I guess some people left and had to completely change their lives and adjust them yeah they did had to Which, like how to make coffee or become a barista yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that so I'm so I I have such a yeah. sense of gratitude for this opportunity that I'm in right yeah. now well obviously yeah. you also had to make a shift and change and yeah yeah so I, there was a big death a mm, big death amazing. With that. Yeah. but you know what it's, it's funny because I think sometimes you think you know when, when with the death comes like this whole different thing but sometimes it's really sneaky and it's like no it's just the death of the specific aspect and it just changes but it's kind of still the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I kind of can't believe that this is now my life. Mm. I'm still a little bit shell-shocked that I'm not having to spend my life in the hospital right now. I, I can't believe that some people have been living. Like, it's so good. It's so much better to not mm. be working there. But I had been in that for so long, I, I didn't know. Like... I have to pinch myself every day that this is now my life. It's unbelievable. That's wild. Like, yeah, obviously not knowing anything else. I had a friend who was a nurse here in London and it got really bad and really stressful and she just couldn't take it anymore as well. But yeah, you do it. You you go to uni and then that's it. You're working, you know. And it's it's mad because the conditions aren't amazing. So no, and you have to watch so much fucked up stuff every day. Yeah, I never get that. It's it's a lot, you know. Yeah. For one yeah. person, because <laughs> like normally, you, any other person will just experience that every so often in their life, you know. When they have to go to the hospital, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, oh, well. it's amazing. I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen to that system now. You know, yes. I think in our rest of our lifetimes, it, it's going to be okay. profoundly different by the time we die. Oof. It's it's going to be very a thing to, to witness and behold what goes on. I, I used to think that it could transform, but I no longer think that. I think it it has to fail. Mm. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it has to mm. collapse. I mean, it's I not feel like change from the inside. Yeah, I mean. It- yeah, I don't know why I never really was a fan of change from the inside. Cause it's know. a delusion, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I, I used I to believe it. in it. I used to believe in it. Yeah. I don't anymore. Yeah, because I guess there's so much power as well in just being like, well, actually, I'm just going to create my own thing. You know? I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the more organic you know, creation impulse like your your Aries sweatshirt I mean I guess it's the inversion that thinks it's going to take something that already exists and you know trans transform it into something else I mean the pure creation impulse is to just you know, do it <laughs> yeah 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 that makes sense you're absolutely right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then and I, I to be honest it seems like that's kind of going to be the way for a lot of the systems that are in place, you know? It's going to be a death to witness, though. I mean, it's probably the most powerful institution in the world other than the military-industrial complex. Wow. Right? I love that. Um, So you think it's going to be, like, one of the biggest deaths? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be long drawn out and painful because there's so much money and so much power invested in having that work and having that be a control structure. I mean, the I'm humbled by how much control big pharma has had over the world. Like in the past three years, just witnessing the power mm-hmm. over That's minds true. and bodies That's so true. and knowing that it's going to die, but like, it's not going to go without a fight. It's it's yeah. gonna be brutal. Yeah. Yeah. What about like the government, like that kind of thing? Because I feel like that's also a one, a big one, you know. Yeah, I feel like the government is not really the government anymore, though. It's Ooh, part of mean? these. It's it, well, at least here in America, it feels more like an extension of these big. It, kind of like more like an extension of big pharma, like the. Yeah, the implementation department of big pharma or big war, you know, the, the, the Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and Pfizer and Moderna, that's the real government. And then the elected government is just the ones to implement the mm-hmm. agenda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's weird how that did that whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because it it wasn't really like that before. I mean, maybe in some ways, but no. Yeah, I think like the last time, and this is where I'm going to really sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like I think that <gasps> kind of died with Kennedy, that mm. that real government for the people type of stuff, you know, with 
you know, when we lost, I say we lost World War II, and in a lot of ways we did, because we brought in all the Nazis into our government. And those were the agencies that formed the CIA, which was the shadow government, which Kennedy didn't want. So it was Kennedy versus the shadow government, and the shadow government won. And ever since then, it's been a puppet president with the shadow government behind. And the shadow government is, you know, big pharma, you know, they use the mafia to carry out a lot of their agendas, but it's, it's sort of, the government is fake. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot more people are realizing it, but I feel like people struggle to, um, like, to get the part where it's like, who, who's doing it? Do you know what I mean? Because pe- people are like, because that's where the whole conspiracy thing comes in and it's, it's, difficult to understand because this is like but it's very obvious and a lot of people can see like there are certain agendas that are happening because this is what my friend said to me the other day I don't believe in conspiracy theories but I believe that there are agendas so I'm like that's the same thing that's surely. The difference. <laughs> yeah. like I'm just, yeah so yeah I feel like and more and more and more we can see that there's this like going in this direction and to the but then when I just feel like when it comes to the who it's like it's difficult to just think oh yeah there's a group of people and especially to think that it's like a huge group of people you know yeah and I think the where people go wrong is that all those people are also on the same team and agree with each other they're all battling as well they're all infighting and grappling for the throne Mm -hmm. as well yeah because that's another thing yeah you're right that's where it goes wrong because people think because I remember one of my friends was just like um I think I said something to him like oh yeah they're bringing in the um NWO or something and he was just like they can't even agree with themselves they're like battling with themselves there's no way that they're gonna you know it's true. The controllers don't always get along. But, they don't always agree. Yeah, one hundred. But then he, but he's kind of saying, "Oh, then it's not going to happen because of they're always they can't even agree." You know. But neither can we. <laughs> I love that. Right. But, but yeah, that's true. But I think it was kind of like just because of that it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Right. And like you said, yeah, they're disagreeing but they're still you know you have a group of people that are disagreeing that has all the money and a group of people that are disagreeing that doesn't have all the money Ooh, that's really good where, where are you putting your odds you know mm. yeah that was a really good analogy like it just like although it's true yeah 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 so it is funny one and yeah that's okay so but for you and when say for example when you work in a hospital and you were seeing it all happening because I feel like it's such a first-hand experience of like these agendas let's say trickling down do you know what I mean so how do you would you perceive it like now after having that experience how would I perceive of who's going to win or? 
um, maybe you can answer that one after, but um, no, just like <laughs> the who, the who. Oh, well, the who, when it comes to um, what happened in the hospital, was very much pharma. You know, and it, it it was a you know a financial corporate entity. Now, who is behind that? You know what? I don't know, but it has to do with the colonizers. We just watched a coronation where it, it's just mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It literally you know? is mind-boggling. Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, literally. if you really start trying to answer these questions, you know, you really diverge off into this, like, it becomes galactic. You 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 have to start talking about this the secret space programs mm. and the you know off world colonies that we have that aren't being shared. Mm. Humans are and other species are being used as slaves like throughout dimensions, throughout time and space continuums. Like it's big yeah, you have big pharma on this planet, but you have so many private contractors that are working on behalf and in collaboration with like the NSA, the military industrial complex, it expands out and off of earth. Mm. It's, it's not just, I mean, and that's like a whole nother conversation, but I think that's where the people mm. who are like, well, who's they, who's, they? I mean, you can't really just give that in a sound bite. You can't really just answer that in a five minute conversation. You have had to be like doing deep research for years before you start <laughs> the picture comes together of like who it is you know it's so true <laughs> oh my days I'm so happy that you said that though <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds crazy but I know you know what I'm talking about so yeah man <laughs> yeah no I'm so glad that you said that wow and also the way that this conversation started with you speaking as well about the experiences that you've had with the attacks and everything you know it's like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's all real exactly it's all real it's all and, real and it's like the micro versus the macro you know your attacks that you're having personally and now entire of the whole yeah I, that that I had no words to explain and it's funny because I've had doctors telling me for years oh you need to get a sleep study you know, for your sleep paralysis. And so I finally did it. And this woman that was the practitioner that did my intake was a woman that was a nurse way back when I was an ER nurse that I recognized from another hospital that I had worked at. And she had a German accent, which if if you know, like the whole history of, of that with the secret space programs and whatever, but that's a totally different topic. But she basically my referral was for sleep paralysis, but she did everything she could in the appointment to not talk about sleep paralysis and to steer the conversation to like sleep apnea. Do I snore this and that? I was like, well, I think I've, I've snored maybe a couple times in my life if I took like a melatonin and she's like, okay, so we know you snore. So we're going to work you up for sleep apnea. And I was like, 
well, you know, that's fine if you want to do that. But like my referral was for sleep paralysis. And she's like, oh, well, we don't worry about sleep paralysis when it just happens in children. It We don't care about that. It happens to children um, and we don't bother with that. But it, it's not happening to you as an adult. So we aren't going to talk about it. And I'm like, well, actually, it happened like three weeks ago. It's been happening my entire life. And as an adult, it's it got even worse. Like, And, and she kind of just didn't know even what to do with it. So I'm going through this whole sleep. I'm going to do this whole sleep safe thing, but it's going to be for nothing. I mean, what are they going to do? How can I even begin to describe <laughs> to them like what I've been living with my whole life? Like I'm just going to be a crazy person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so, so wild because it's like, and, and like you don't care when it happens to children. Yeah, exactly. It's so scary. It's messed up, man. But it, it's like, it's just like, it's not even going in. Yeah. It's just like, I can't, yeah. can't compute, can't compute. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, it's nothing is going to come of this. So, hmm. I mean, I already know what it is and what I need to do, what helps, what doesn't help. Um, and it's basically like inner sovereignty and, come. you know, it, it's all the stuff that we have learned in our studies it's that's what it is but, but it's all real that's the point mm-hmm. it's all real. yeah totally yeah I remember coming to that realization um I guess I did a bit of like working with like shamanism and stuff and but then I just remember of like understanding that what you just said here basically it's like intergalactic off planet and then I was like it's so real, literally, like, oh, my Yeah, God. it's multidimensional. And I think that that's the yeah. difference between the people who can see it and the people who can't. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it requires, like, so much to acknowledge that we are multidimensional. Mm, yes. And if we are, you know, the multidimension, the hologram of duality, you know, just everything. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all real. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And all, like, all the uh, films and the creativity and the imagination and all that, all the things that was shown to us, like, our imagination is it. It's all real. It yeah. is, and it's it being exploited. Our emotions and our, I mean, the CIA is responsible for like more like Hollywood scripts than like regular writers too. You know, they plant these things in us and I can't not watch stuff. Like I, my list, I have a list of documentaries and movies with codes and disclosures in them to watch on my phone every weekend. It's like checking them off, but it's in everything. It's It's in in everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's that switch, a switch to recognizing like there, there's no such thing as fantasy. You know what I mean? Or everything is fantasy. Yeah, both. Yeah. And once you know, yeah, everywhere you look, you see it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's even harder 
to comprehend the fact that other people aren't seeing what you're seeing because once you see it, you can't unsee it and you see mm -hmm. it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, man, it's so funny because it goes from like, oh, what are you talking about? That's just in a film. To like, mm -hmm. oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> My poor boyfriend, I, I pause the movies to, you know, every five minutes, like, see what he's doing with his hands, yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, sometimes I pause it and I just talk, and he's like, yeah. pause the film. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's it's like codes and just depicting it all, yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. So good. So, oh, yeah, th so thanks for that explanation, I love it. So trickling down, so you say it was big pharma. So how did that, how did you see that affect like the doctors in the hospital and the people and how they carried that forward? Yeah, so my last job, I was in a management position. I was managing a multiple sclerosis uh, center and oh. multiple infusion suites where people would get their, you know, MS infusions. And so with the pandemic, there were all of these like monoclonal antibody infusions that rolled out that yeah. um, I think um, we must have been getting incentivized to give. We must have been, the hospital must have been getting money per us giving those. So basically we, instructions would come down that we would have, you know, we would be um, having to clear out a space in our fusion suites to administer this, these like Evusheld, um, which was one of the, the antibodies that there was actually no research that it worked for immunocompromised people or not. And a lot of the meetings that I was on as a leader, there were a lot of doctors, well, not a lot, but there were a small vocal minority of doctors saying, well, why are we clearing out our infusion suite and disadvantaging our other patients that need access to come in to give this drug that there's no, the CDC can't even agree that if it works or not. And we couldn't get anywhere with our questions. We were basically just told, this is what we have to do. The government's paying for it. We're getting funding for giving this. So basically just do it. And it's already, it was already like a six or seven month wait to get in as a new patient if you have multiple sclerosis to be seen. Mm-hmm. So stuff like this, where there's no evidence that it even works, and it's basically, it was just so obvious that we were just doing it to get the money associated with giving it. It's like, well, if we're being, if we're going to disadvantage all of our other patients to be able to give this because we're, the pharmaceutical industry has somehow worked it with the government to give hospitals extra money to give this. Yeah, it's so corrupt. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, that happened at my, my most recent position as early as in like within the past year mm. when I was working in the hospital. So those types of things happen all the time Yeah, where you're just told, I mean, in my next, my next step in the hospital would have been to become a hospital administrator. And I was being groomed for that. And I was like, there is no, like, a, I feel like the guy, if you've ever seen the movie Office Space, that is like the worst employee ever, but keeps getting promoted, <laughs> even though he like doesn't agree with anything, you know, but it just kept happening. I'm like, I bet if I like stay here and keep doing this stuff, like I'm going to be rewarded. Like how messed up is that? I'm going to be, I could have the opportunity to even be promoted again. 
And I think all of this is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Like, there's no way I can, I can stay here. So even though I didn't get fired during the mandates, I felt like I could get fired at any moment because my vex, my medical exemption had a big thing on the top that said temporary. And you may be fired at, you may still be fired if a new vaccine comes out and you may still be required to take it. They tested me. They swabbed me every three days oh, for nine no. months before they finally gave up. Why? Oh my day. Yeah. Because they were getting paid for swabbing, for testing. Mm-hmm. The minute the Washington State emergency ended and they were no longer being paid to test, they told me that I didn't have to be tested anymore. So that's how all the Levels. financial and yeah. So even though I didn't get fired, I I finally had to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I did kind of watch, you know, my best friend who did get fired and she suffered immensely because of it, you know, so hard for her to get another job. I was kind of almost in a way envious of the people that just got fired and had to leave Yeah. because I was like, your decision's been made for you. Like you're out, you know, you can leave this bullshit behind, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm still clinging. I'm still here clinging. I feel like I should be grateful for having a job. Yeah. But I don't agree with any of this. So it took me like another year. And finally in January, I put in my notice. And it was like the best feeling. So interesting. Yeah, good for you though. Finally. Um, yeah, I mean, that also sounds similar to what I was saying, what I saw online about the guy calling the pharmacy saying, why didn't you tell us this is one of the side effects? They're probably getting paid to do it as well. So she's like, well, otherwise people wouldn't be be getting it. Well, why do you need people to get it? You get money? Like, well, you know. Yeah. What What does it matter to you, an hourly wage earner, whether someone gets the vaccine or not? Do you get yeah. bonuses for how you give on your shift Yes. or something like that? Yeah. I was pressured as a manager, even because the, there were mandates associated with the initial series where you would get fired if you didn't get it. Then when they rolled out the boosters, they tried to do that, but it got voted down by the unions. So they just pretended that people had to get it. But if you read the fine print in our hospital, you could do a declination the same way that you did with the flu before. You could sign a paper saying you didn't want it, but they didn't tell people that. So I had medical assistants and kind of people lower on the totem pole that felt that they were going to get fired if they didn't get it. And they would come into my office because I was the manager thinking I was going to fire them if they didn't get it. And I had to close the door on several of these occasions and say, you do not have to get it. You will not be fired. And they're like, oh, I thought I was going to be fired. I was like, no, that was just for the first. For the boosters, you can sign this form. This is the process to go through to officially decline. And you could just see them like relax and they would, but they would be shaking and so like scared. It was horrible. So fascinating. And as well, it's like shows you just the level of control and fear that we're given away as well. well that's what it is ultimately, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And what I find so interesting as well, it's like pharma is such a big one. Well, control 
it's so big and it's we've now this is the past few years have just obviously shown that haven't they but um yeah what is like obviously you've walked away now what is your perspective in general because it's interesting as well what you were saying about um your the life you're living i don't know you know um kelly brogan probably come across i know who she is she's she's one of the doctors right yeah because she said a similar thing she was living off red bull and like when she was in her peak in hospital and she's just completely like completely turned around and realized yeah yeah Yeah, I feel my nervous system healing I I'm in a a phase of my life where I went through a big purge I I I got rid of my big king-size bed and I'm sleeping on a little mat on my floor I'm just like in I've got like a bit of an ascetic in me that comes out every once in a while but I'm just really like relishing in like the simplicity of just working from home meditating going for walks outside and just slowing down a bit Mm -hmm. I'm still working full-time but it's such a different energy the work that I'm doing now so I'm um, also not, you know, not being in management helps too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different kind of drain, but. Yeah, what are you up to now? Yeah, so I'm doing um, consulting and advocacy work for um, a small nationwide company. Um, it's remote, uh, mostly remote, but we work a lot with like Wounded Warrior Project, which is a project for disabled veterans of war oh, wow. and special needs children, special needs individuals, vaccine injured individuals, um, where, you know, we're helping to advocate for getting them the quality of life services that they, that they need to have to live, you know, high quality lives. So right, assessing their homes, writing reports, and sometimes our reports are presented in court to, to advocate for them getting the things they need. It's, it's, I'm really loving it. That sounds so cool. So yeah, you did a whole flip as well. <laughs> flip, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good though because I think as well sometimes it's like the reason why we go through these experiences is so that we can then offer the support for others along yeah. the way. You know. Yeah, and I part of me does, you know, feel still that I abandoned my staff at the hospital because I in a lot of ways was the only thing between them and mm-hmm. administration but it, it was at such a great expense um to my like mental health that I know I needed to leave but yeah, yeah. and I and just reminding myself that everyone has a choice exactly to leave too yeah, so exactly. I couldn't protect them all you know 100% and also that's just what's happening now like those places are just becoming even more so toxic yeah even more controlling mm-hmm. even more and there's and people are leaving and yeah it must be hard to stay in that if you're like a pure soul you know <laughs> in that with fire and my friend so when my friend and I were sharing an office it was like a sweet spot where we both knew how to do you know make a grid in our little office we had like a a water vortexer in our office and you know all these like energetic we had like an emf blocking device it was yeah. it was so funny people would come in and they'd be like what is going on in here 
But when I lost her, you know, I, and then I was just on my own, it, it, it's just not sustainable. It's too overpowering. Mm-hmm. The energy is, it's too overpowering. Mm-hmm. You can only make a grid, your office into a grid so much before, you know, it, it just doesn't work there. Your office into a grid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shielding and gridding, you know, and I went to Las Vegas recently too. And I, it's crazy how some places have that overlay where you really can't throw your shield up. I, I tried to shield in Las Vegas at night, three nights in a row, and I couldn't put it up. There's something there that blocks it. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I was just going to ask you a thing. Yeah, so why, do you have any, um, yeah, why do you think that the like farmer has got such a big hold on us as a society with this control and that, and that is like a way of manipulating, I guess. I feel like that's what's happening. Well, I think largely where many, most of us are really still asking for that and consenting to it, (laughs) right? Especially in Mm -hmm. America, you know, Mm -hmm. we really want, I mean, collectively, that's really what most Americans prefer. That's so true. That's that's so true. Yeah, and it's a bit of a contradiction or like a paradox in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just kind of like just because some or even most people still want it doesn't mean we all need to be forced with it. Like you, yeah. we, some of us want to opt out and should be able to. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, just from being a nurse, I just know there are so many people who 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 just want that. Mm-hmm. yeah and the safety yeah it's yeah I feel like why I say the paradox is like in a way people they want the safety and they want like healing I guess and health but then they're going in the way that's not necessarily the right direction and at the same time they're manipulating and selling a story and an idea so then it's just like yeah, it is. And it's also kind of like, well, why do they want that? Well, probably because a lot of people have to have 40 to 80 hour work weeks in order to survive. Yeah. Who has time to heal? Yeah. Healing takes so much time and yeah. energy. And if you, even if you have a 40 hour a week job, it's almost so, prohibitive of actual healing work. So, of course, you're going to want the pill when you can't take a six-month medical leave. You can't even take a three-month. You can't even take, a lot of people don't even have sick time. They can't even take one day off without losing a full day's wages. So, of course, they're going to consent or Mm -hmm. enter into contract with something Mm -hmm. that can just put them on a medication or a pill or something like that. I mean, that you can't blame people for making that choice when... Mm -hmm. They have to work so much mm. to survive and don't have that healing time. Yes, it's all set up like that. Yeah. By then, 
by design. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, the indoctrination and the conditioning is, like, constant. It's relentless, you know? That it's just, this, this, it's just like this loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, more, more and more people, nurses and doctors, are going to leave in the years coming. I just don't even know how they're going to staff those those institutions yeah yeah. it's going to become like the military where it's like the poorest of the poor that have to sign up and sign on what do you mean with that they're going to sign like to become nurses doctors yeah Um, going to because you know you know it's the poorest people that have to go fight in the wars it's kind of it's in it, where it used to be the most prestigious people that became doctors oh, and stuff like that. So it's it's going to flip. And even who had to fight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's going to flip. Well, 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 we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel so helpless, right? I mean, it, it, just the, the mere fact that you can't, you know, it's kind of like you want to be like that clockwork orange movie where you just pry people's eyes open and you just force them to see it. But no one can see until they're ready. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot more pain, a lot more suffering. And what I find so fascinating is that we just don't know. And I feel like we know, like, the most probable outcome or we know what we think might happen. But I also feel like that could change do you know what I mean yeah it just and, like it just would take one thing and we'd be on a different track yeah yeah and because like you know I hear so much about oh the split in timelines and other and like how this get the, the whole thing with the injections like what that means you know and I feel like who knows like yeah that's happening but then it literally could just change and maybe there is something that will come and happen and I don't know be created that would just be like no actually free everyone I know I I before the pandemic I mean I don't know how much you know about American politics but like before the pandemic I was a democrat Mm -hmm. and I then you know after that whole betrayal with with what happened with the vaccine mandates and stuff like that and the betrayal of the med the choice and the medical freedom I was like well I guess I just like can never vote again or I can never participate you know again which what am I even participating in it a lot of it is a sham but like (laughs) I just that feeling of having lost hope in the whole process is I just wished for something that could give me hope but I just I was like, well, I'm never voting again. And then, of course, you yeah. get judged by your friends and families. Like, you're not participating in democracy. But, like, I, when Bobby Kennedy, like, announced his, like, run, whether he wins or not, but it felt so good to have, like, something to be hopeful in Oh, yeah. again, you know? Yeah. And so, of course, I immediately donated to his campaign. I'm like, okay, well, I'm back in it now, I guess. Like, I'm, for better or worse, you know, I I feel like there's some, some but someone that is going for leadership that, that I can actually feel hopeful about, you know, mm. whatever happens. Um, I think he knows that they, if they kill him, um, 
like they've killed so many other Kennedys, it's going to be pretty freaking obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like he kind of knows, um, and I think that's why mm. he can be so brave to do what he's doing yes. because yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's happening. That seems to be the theme more with lots of different people because I don't know. It's just a bit like if you're gonna, yeah, kill someone else. It's just sometimes it's just like it's too obvious. You know, it's getting it's more. Getting, yeah, they've right? they've used it so much. They've done it so much that it's like, oh, I think yeah. it's like how could people not see if yeah. if he does get if yeah. he does die. Like, would people just be like, oh, that's just another, like, yeah. lone gunman or whatever. Isn't it so funny? Sometimes I feel like it's, some of the stuff is like, it's just like a secret. It's not a secret, but it's like, I don't know, someone will say something like, oh, yeah, but apparently, da, 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 and I'll just be like, <laughs> there's like so much more to it, <laughs> actually. Yeah. But then it's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you can't, you literally would have to like do a mind meld because of how much studying people like us have done. It's not like just a piece of information you can drop on someone. It's, it's a gradual like upstepping of like synthesizing so Mm. many different Mm -hmm. collections of knowledge into Mm. an arrival. Like you can't just. Into an arrival. Tap like foreheads with someone and be like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly hopefully someday but. yeah <laughs> and it's like years and years and years this is what yeah said like the choice to get the injection or not was like it wasn't just one it was like years and years of yeah. like forming ideas and opinions and you know and the one thing like I, I avoid like all like the righteousness thing, even though sometimes I just need to feel a little bit of that, of that sweetness to cancel out like all of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the bad stuff. But like, I do feel like it was, it, it's an intellectually lazy choice because I feel like if you do any research whatsoever, choices to not. <laughs> so it's right? just kind of, telling it's it's just like a sign that says like i don't want to think oh my word right that's so true because if you think at all or if you if you think at all it's literally right there yeah this is why there's those memes like there's no excuse to be ignorant anymore with the internet yeah yeah ignorance is a choice yeah yeah I feel like that was that that was the choice Uh, the choice to do it without looking into it was a choice to be ignorant yes oh my word that sounds so harsh coming coming out and like hearing those words but I really feel that way wow yeah man that's so I feel like that's so clear that's so clear it's it's like it's putting it in a slightly different light and you know what's what I find so mad about it as well is like everything was so morphed and manipulated so it was just like this thing of like no but you're stupid no but you're stupid no but you're stupid you know yeah yeah (laughs) it was like who's a smooth brain a mouth breather you know yeah but like 
I don't know, when you put it like that, it's just like, yeah, it was a choice, because basically, yeah, that was completely it, literally, you're calling other people stupid, whatever, but if you literally just do a bit of research that's not in the mainstream, it's so obvious. The people that didn't get it did did the research. Yes, yes. Or some of them just follow the intuition, but... Right, yeah. yeah. But Which is yeah. part of research, right? <sighs> Checking in, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's so true. Because it's, it was portrayed as, like, the complete opposite. And it's so difficult to see it, but it's like, yeah, completely. Those are the ones who did the research. And some it's people like still don't one, see it. Yeah, they don't. And it, it kind of reminds me of, like, that one, I forget who said it, but they were like, the bigger the lie the more people will believe it. Yes, 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 yes. One of my friends is breaking that down. Yeah. Basically, I had this conversation and she basically was saying, it's so true, like, what will happen is they plant the lie. Once the lie is planted, you cannot go back. So even if later... Yeah, or even if later it's debunked and and they've taken it, they've removed the study, they've removed it, said, sorry, this was actually too late. It's been planted, and now it's done. And You're right. So many times. It's happening, yeah. So, yeah, even though um, Rochelle Walensky, the director of the CDC, just stepped down, did oh, you yeah. hear that? Yeah. And then our governor in Washington State, who's the longest-running governor in America, he's done more terms than any other governor in, in America, he just announced that he is not running for re-election. Um, and so my friend that got fired, she's in a cl- in one of these lawsuits, he's being sued like crazy by unions and people that Wait, lost who, their governor of, state? governor of Washington State. Okay, um, Jay Inslee, but he, um, there, I think he knows that like he's he's going to be in court so much in the years to come that it would just not be a good look if he were still the governor. Like, so many people are suing him. So what are they suing him for? Um, for loss loss of their livelihoods. Mm. Okay. And back pay, back pay. Um, yeah, and I get, I didn't even tell you that part of like my journey ever since they didn't fire me was applying to other jobs. Um, I applied to another job with the state and I actually was offered the job and it was a big job. It was the director of nursing for all of Washington state labor and industries. I interviewed for months. I was their top candidate. They checked like four or five references on me, having long conversations with my professional references. They were like, we know you're the one for this job. You are qualified. You're going to be in in charge of LNI for the entire state. And then, um, they rescinded my offer when I found out I wasn't vaccinated. Oh my days, that's so obvious. And so it's like what you said though, after they fired, and this was another one of those departments that fired a lot of people for not being vaccinated, they can't go back on that. Yes, exactly. Because the minute they hire an unvaccinated person, they're going to be open to legal liability and they're going to be sued. Yeah, that's true. All those people that lost their jobs, if they, if I were to have gotten that job, they would have been like, 
what the heck, you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes they're kind of pinned in. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's just, it's just stupid. It's just like, come on, like, accept the truth. And it's the same with the governments and everything. It's like, oh, now we can't admit it. Now everyone's just dancing around in this lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, and they have to. They can't, they can't admit that they were wrong because of the repercussions having to, that would come, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, uh, it's really weird. It's like, in a way, smartly designed by them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I, I have a friend, someone I know that just went and got like a third booster last week and was deathly ill for like two days. Yeah. Fevers, nausea. I'm like, well, why, why are people even still getting the booster? Like, I don't yeah. even know anyone who has had COVID. Dude, I know. It's so many. Yeah. Yeah. Unhealthy people. People are very confused about what's going on. And like, even someone asked me the other day, but like, how did you travel? Like, dude, that's been a year that like most countries dropped everything. Literally like a whole year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the US just dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. The US is off limits. So I didn't even. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> but you can come here now <laughs> yeah but not that you would want to but yeah <laughs> <laughs> now you can go to south africa or yeah yeah but were you in goa yeah last month yeah, or yeah. looked beautiful yeah goa is amazing i mean i just love india so much um yeah well i think i'll always be going back there <laughs> Yeah, that came through on your on your stories that that sense of connection that you had. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to have that because you know for different places as well because not everyone mm-hmm. has, feels so like drawn to a place places. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm not tied to a physical institution in Seattle, I and I'm remote. I I feel. Like, I really don't want to live in a city anymore. Yeah, I know. I've never had the freedom to to leave. And now, all of a sudden, I do. And I'm like, oh, I could move somewhere. <laughs> Where would that even be, you know? Uh, I know, I know. But this is, like, the question on my mind that's been there for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, I think, ultimately, the point is to move out of the cities, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. But Seattle's just getting worse and worse. Mm. Yeah, really harder. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't believe we've been talking for this long. <laughs> I know it's been really cool though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um like visions for the future or? for your particular future in uh, standing more in your power and bringing that into the world? Yeah, I I mean, nothing that I have any sense of attachment to, but I in mm. the past few years, Good. I've been getting more like 
internal dialogue around well ever since my my dad died actually about like death doula death doulaing or it maybe even just wanting to like learn more about that even if even if I don't become one but I think it's an area of study that would be extremely fruitful in in, in this time you know that there's I do know so many doulas that it, they're all birth doulas and I think that yeah. what we are going to need is training on how to die um because I think that even if we live a life of integrity like we haven't had that preparation and that training and that after that at that moment of transition we are so vulnerable mm. you know because it's not over and, it, and it's a birth in, in of itself and mm. I think there's it's not predetermined where we go at mm. that moment it, it's based on the emotions that we're feeling and the sense of completion that we have with the life that we've lived and I just think so many people are getting recycled mm-hmm. because they're dying in fear. They're dying in hospitals. They're dying with, you know, not having, you know, done the work that they need to do to be complete with certain contracts here. And so I just think that um, if there's a way to serve or to, I don't even know enough to serve about that. All I know is what my dad went through and helping to prepare him for death. And I, I think that he's like the bravest person that I know for, for what he did. He decided he didn't want to live his life in a hospital or a nursing home. And he faced death by choice. Like I, I can't even imagine. Um, but I, I think that there's a lot to be explored around that to die a good death, to die well, um, so I'm really interested in all that. Mm. Yeah, I compl- I forgot that you mentioned that to me previously as well. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been on my mind. But I love those words that you just shared. It was so amazing, and yeah, completely it's so true. Because in some cultures they do have a whole uh, tradition around dying, and and I'm sure you must have seen that anyway as well in the hospitals. Like more than most people, so it makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. People are. I think I just picture souls getting snatched up right away by by the leeches uh, hanging around the hospital field as they pass. You know that I can't believe some of the conditions that people had to die in. Um, just totally overly medicated, not present, not mm-hmm. not conscious, alone you know, surrounded by people making decisions for them, giving them medicines that that they're not consenting to. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So. It's mad. I, you know, what? I want to listen to one of these videos from Heather and um, one of the women she was purging, basically releasing this entity and it came because she signed this form about using some uh, machine in the hospital. And that's how the entity, that's what, that was the consent. That's how it was like. And obviously it was sneaky because it's not like, because they were working with the machine. So it it makes so much sense what you said, that's where they're lurking around. And it makes sense that they would be attached to tech. Because tech is neutral, right? Yeah. 
and it can be go either way. Mm. That's really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you were saying, yeah, I feel like that is totally the recycling thing. Um, it's becoming way more clearer that as well for me. Yeah. The reincarnation. It's so mad, isn't it? Like how sometimes in and also obviously what happened now recently with the Dalai Lama, isn't that mad? But like Buddhism, reincarnation, it's kind of like this, I don't know. It's like a noble thing. It, yeah, I mean, and it is, but when you have highly intelligent predators that learn how to harness the reincarnation cycle, cycle yeah. for their own worlds it's it's supposed to it's i think my understanding is supposed to be an organic mm-hmm. beautiful process right like reincarnation in itself isn't isn't a prison or isn't meant to be a prison it's meant to be initiations that you pass yeah, and graduate yeah, yeah, yeah. and evolve right but people have hijacked it to where there's a ceiling, right? Where you're only able to uh, reincarnate in a specific time matrix, right? Yeah, and I guess what you're saying is I'll not learn what you needed to learn, not, you know, evolve. and Yeah, Yeah. so just making sure that people don't ever have the time to pass their initiations in life. Yes. It just ensures that they're going to come back here and continue to serve. Louche. Yeah, exactly. Serve their louche. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's, there's so much to be learned, you know? So much. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's all such a mystery that I just don't know how you could... I mean, I do, because if you don't have resources, you're going to spend your life surviving. But for the people that do have leisure time and space and time in their life, I just don't know how how you could not spend that like in study. Like, Mm. and yeah, that can go the other way too, where Mm -hmm. I I mean, I've had times where I'm just consuming way too much information all the time and overstimulating myself, but it's like, I only have so much time to learn all this, right? <laughs> if I could just like, you know, touch foreheads with someone and like remember everything I've always known, that would be amazing. But I, it's almost like I kind of have to be constantly consuming information to ping resonance in myself Oof. to remember it, you know? Yeah, totally. Because you know what happens? And I've noticed that with this podcast as well. It's like we will be talking about very similar themes. And very similar things, but every person communicates and expresses it differently, and then it changes. Like whoever's listening, say you've listened to like everyone speaking about similar things, it's mad. And then it's like one side, and then they'll say something else, and it would just change something else, and it would be like, and then it's like, and it becomes clearer, yeah. you know? Yes, and it will click. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the realization, and it's wild. It's like, it's like, yeah, I knew that, but like now it's like, mm, you know, 
<laughs> but now I know it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, it's that code. So um amazing. I like to ask people this question. What does freedom mean to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had this the free will debate with myself so many different times from so many different angles. And I, I do think it can mean something totally different, you know, like when it when it comes to like abduction and stuff, you know, like the new age likes to say like, oh, well, but you chose to come here. Like you, you, you agreed to that. Like before you incarnated, you agreed to like be like abducted multiple times from your bed and like violated in this way. And like, that's what the grays say, you know, when we, when we talk about all these abductions, like, oh, but you chose it. That's a trick. Like, mm -hmm. I do think that free will exists here, mm -hmm. but I also think it's kind of like the reincarnation thing where mm. it's been hijacked and used against us in a way. And like when I was going through my medical exemption fight for the vaccine, I had this debate with myself a lot, a lot because I was doing it for freedom of choice. But at the same time in writing my essay, my religious exemption essay, it became very clear to me that like, if you're trying to align with source, there really is no free will. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, there's no, cause you really yeah. only have one. There's one way if yeah. you are, you know, I, mean, I don't know I, if that's coming. Across. No, I know what you mean. I feel like it's a paradox. So what you said is 100% but at the same time you your that is your free will choice because why would you want anything else do you know what I mean yeah that's yeah. what you're choosing and it's a, and it's the same thing you know what I mean yeah like you're the, the choice each choice either takes us closer to God Oof. or farther from God mm. so and when you think about freedom in that sense, it's mm. like if I'm married to God and I've committed and devoted to that, then I really, my choice is that. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's going to be. Exactly. You know, and everything. Yeah. And why, as again, as well, like you're saying with the separation and, you know, if that's kind of like the truth and, who we are then like why would you want anything else <laughs> yeah that was something that became kind of crystallized for me in, in that whole process of, of like yeah this is my choice but I don't really feel like I have a choice like yeah yeah no this I know, is I know what you mean. it's this or like kill, I'm gonna die you know kill me <laughs> because yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna do it yeah it didn't feel like a choice to me yeah yeah so uh what is your how do you see feel experience god these days what's yeah i that's like such a big <laughs> I know, <it's> a... <laughs> question but i okay. 
I had just because I experienced yeah I experienced God in the 3d as like a gaping like longing mm. and missing you know it's like a pain that I that I don't think that'll ever go away in, until I'm merged back like I I carry it constantly and and so that's how I experienced God here mm. um you know, of course, we've all had like the astral bliss experiences and everything like that. And, you know, I've had, I had, I guess what I would, con- before I knew, had vocabulary for it, a, a higher experience of Hieros Gamos, where it was, it was like my heavenly, you know, father was above me and my heavenly mother was below me and they merged inside me in my heart. And I had the most powerful experience of devotion. I felt like I literally wasn't going to be able to stand it. I was going to dissolve of like the power of the wholeness and love that I felt. And, but I still wouldn't consider that being God in totality. Like it was an experience that I felt like made me feel closer to God, but really the only constant in this like waking life that I've experienced of God is like a constant pain in my heart. being separate Mm. and I mean I feel like obviously you said you weren't raised uh, raised like religious or anything I was raised very spiritual so both my parents um, like meditated for three hours every morning Um, I was taken to like a satsang every Mm -hmm. Sunday where we did Kirtan and worship and studied the teachings of like Satmat and the universal sound current. So God was very much a part, but I, I mean, not, I wasn't raised in like a church. Yeah. Uh, Western. Yeah, the, the word I find is very confusing because of the, the man, you know what I mean? That's yes. Yeah. I don't really know what to call it. It was this, like the universal ocean of love. what else would you (laughs) yeah yeah anyway um, I mean it's a silly question really because it's the indescribable Mm. right right and and the way that that I know it exists is that I have a feeling of something being missing so which doesn't even begin to describe yeah but that's cool yeah it's it's also like the calling the search yeah journey yeah you know what I mean that's like all of that yeah reconnection yeah home you know <laughs> home. home yes um mm. it's so wow yeah. it's like so many of us feel like there's something something's up here you know like that's that something's feeling up. Feel like. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like we just know yeah this isn't quite yeah. it this is about the home that you know <laughs> Mm. but uh more and more lately i've come to appreciate what an exalted place earth is mm. you know and yeah, this yeah. form what an exalted form we have and i think you know Gigi young talks about our true destiny as a human form was to become the 10th hierarchy of angels which that that was if organic evolution 
would have been allowed to proceed untampered with, you know, mm-hmm. unmessed with, like that was our cosmic destiny to do. And it still may be as we re-spiritualize our forms to become, mm-hmm. claim our place in the hierarchy of angels as guardians of the earth and all of its inhabitants that is the angelic human right and and that is what we came here for yeah that's true there's all those words right there I was like Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so I I've been I've been able to I've been marinating on that more and more and I've been feeling you know more and more grateful and and that maybe Yes, while I am separated and the pain of that like is so poignant that we are still on mission. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. We're we're on mission. Yeah, we're yeah. not trapped here. We're yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true though, actually. We're not trapped because otherwise Yeah, the fact that you had resisted so much you know that's not trapped <laughs> what, the, <laughs> what, what was I going to say now um, oh my days has just escaped me what were you talking about yeah, oh yeah the separation yeah but the separation right this is another contradiction because it's like we feel it but at the same time like it's it's just the paradox right not, we're not really separated you know what I mean we're not, but we are probably in the most physical dimension mm-hmm. that exists, yeah. which that means also it has the most duality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. so yeah. dimensions that we, where we feel less separation yeah. are less physical. Yes. And more etheric. So the more physical the dimension, the more duality and hence separation so i think that's where the pain i love that equation dual the duality feels like separation because yeah it's it's almost like you are compartmentalizing things when that's not even the truth you know that's that's the illusion and so it feels like yeah that makes a lot of sense Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I have one more thing to ask you now about so um you were the hospital you're working in was like you said emergency first and then it was the one for multiple sclerosis, right? So Yeah, I I did the, the ER and then worked my way up to okay. more leadership positions. My recent was mul- multiple sclerosis. Gotcha. So basically the experience that you had this past few years was mainly just within the hospital and the staff and having the this whole thing that happened with getting it and not getting it and the battle with that. But you didn't really face the patients much. No, I was more... Um, after I got my master's degree, I was more in... A role where I still did do patient care um, as a assistant nurse manager. So a couple years ago, but I was also hiring and supporting the staff and mm-hmm. helping in 
development of clinical policies and stuff like that. And then in my most recent role, I didn't do any patient care. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was pure leadership. Mm. What was the master's called? Uh, It was a master's of science in nursing and it was in nursing informatics. So it's kind of a vague nebulous term for like, you know, information systems, tech and healthcare, public health. I mean, it it kind of includes a lot of different things, but Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was some strange validation because a lot of what was keeping me in the system was they say, they tell you that if you work in the system for 10 years, they'll forgive your student loans. So that was another thing where if I was going to get fired, I was going to be on the hook for like 80 grand in student loans. And so, of course, I was having panic attacks about that, about not having a job to make those payments and things like that. So that's kind of why I accepted the promotions and was like, I just got to make it 10 years. I, and, you know, and then the loans are gone. Well, I reached a point where that didn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm, And I was like, you know what, I'll make it work. Mm. I will do whatever I have to do. It's not worth it. Um, Mm. And then within like a month after quitting in January, I found out that I was part of a class action lawsuit settlement for predatory lending practices and we won and all my loans got wiped out and forgiven to zero yes so my master's degree ended up being free but i yes yes this is strange because there's something going on there as well like wait wait what i know (laughs) no the the money the debt the fake debt and the yeah. what as and soon then... as I was brave enough to walk away it was like here you go wow but so what what does that mean class action lawsuit what happened so apparently some some private schools um, graduate programs in America um, have predatory lending practices where they like what happened in my case was I was told that my master's degree was going to take a certain number of semesters to complete. Once I signed on, once I took on the loans, they were like, oh, oops, that was, you know, actually there's not a teacher available to teach that class. So you'll need to be enrolled for an additional semester and take out an additional set of student loans, even though we told you it was the, and I just thought, well, I guess that's my bad. Like there's nothing I can do about it. Apparently it's illegal and people were suing over it. And what happened to me was one night in June, in the middle of the night, I, something woke me up at 3am. I sat up, it was June 20th and it was like, go online and go and Google student loan forgiveness. Oh my days. And I did. And I found out about this lawsuit and I filled out the application to be a part of it. And I was like, whatever, like, that never happens. Nobody w- is going to ever win that. And I closed my computer and I went back to bed. It turns out the deadline to be included in that was two days later. June 22nd, I would no longer have qualified, but I applied June 20th at 3 a.m. out of nowhere. That's divine guidance. And then after I quit the hospital, I found out in a month that we won. 
absolutely quit like the wow another one of those things like wow another one of those things and so basically the whole of your student loan you just didn't have to pay any eighty thousand dollars but what about the stuff that you already paid uh well for my undergrad I had already repaid those and those weren't part of it but um we had been on a pandemic pause for coronavirus so I hadn't paid actually a cent towards so I it ended up yeah I know crazy it's so funny because when I feel when I hear people say the Gestara Nasara stories I feel like it's going to be like that like exactly (laughs) as you described like right and it's like it's different you have to find it and it's also about the internal fear with the money and government it's like and I've really... heard like new age people saying like the universe or you know the universe likes it when we take risks and stuff like that and in this case like that is so true mm. you know because I did have to just take a leap of faith that I was mm. going to be provided for when I was leaving the hospital yeah. um this and that just... I may still be on the hook for this eighty thousand dollars but I was gonna Jesus take the wheel or however they say and so yeah yeah constant trust Mm -hmm. amazing and again another one of those things that right at the last what did you say the 11th hour yeah yes it's amazing um what a great conversation (laughs) (laughs) yes totally there's so much to talk about. I know there is there really. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank Rance. you. Thank yeah. you for being curious and doing this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and also for standing up, having conviction and just not wavering with at every turn of the way. Because and now look, it's formed into like whole different like meaningful purpose just so yeah cool. it's yeah. I, I feel like I'm living in a different reality mm, yeah but that's that's exactly it that's what happened yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah man new earth right yeah yeah <laughs> there's yeah. a lot more there's a lot more to to do but yeah I just yeah. I feel like a lot of those things as well it's metaphors again you know like or for now maybe it's um metaphor is everything I mean there's a reason why like Socrates and Plato spoke that's how they taught yeah yeah and I I really feel like that's what you were talking about when you can hear something said repeatedly over and over and all of a sudden it's said one way and it clicks usually it's a metaphor yes and and the metaphors hold so many of different mm-hmm. of those different yeah angles yeah so true <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you so much so um yeah do you have any final words that you'd like to share maybe someone else who's like on a similar or has been on a similar path like working in hospitals or anything Oh my gosh, I have so much compassion for the individuals in that system, you know, I mean, especially after, you know, being in 
in management and leadership of, of just the, the level of mind control and the level of fear, the level of self-sacrifice, martyrdom, all of those. Like, I don't know if, if anybody's watching this, that, um, that is still in that system. Like if you ever want to reach out to me, like I'm always here to, for anyone that's still in that system, I'd be happy to, to speak to anybody. Yeah, it's rough. Mm. Amazing. All right, then. Thank you again, once again. Thank um, you. Yeah, maybe we'll leave your details somehow. Yeah. 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 If anyone does want to reach out. I can't believe this is now going out into into the internet. I just said so much. Hello. Um, but you know what? Like it feels it feels great. It feels Yay. good. Get it out there. <laughs> That's so good. Amazing. All right. Talk yeah, to you good. soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. so much for listening to this episode and to this podcast we hope that you can gain many insights through the art of listening if you haven't already we would love it if you can follow us on youtube on instagram and leave us a review on apple podcasts if that feels right for you we've also just launched our first online course awakening 101 the Ninja's Guide to Navigating Your Spiritual Awakening, which is led by me and is offered by a donation. So if you feel called to that, then please dive in. It's available via our website. Thank you.